0: Hello and welcome to the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Jim Pugh. Owen is out today and I'm very excited to be joined today by Alexis Fraz who's with Helicon, a strategy consulting firm working with the Cultural sector, and is going to be chatting with us a bit about basic income and the art community. Welcome Alexis. Thank you. Good to be here. So to start off with, can you just tell me a bit about your background?
1: So I come from a background actually in cultural anthropology, but I've worked in the cultural sector for about 12 years working with artists and nonprofits and foundations and other creative enterprises.
0: And how did you first hear about basic income?
1: So I don't actually know where I first heard about it. It's an idea that feels like it's been percolating around for a little while in my head. But we recently completed a report for the National Endowment for the Arts and an organization called the Center for Cultural Innovation on trends and conditions facing artists today. And we do a lot of research on this sort of area. And one of the things that we're finding increasingly is that by and large, the biggest trends affecting artists today are systemic and structural issues, not art-specific issues. So we identified things like debt, you know, high levels of debt, instability in income, technology changes, racial and gender equity, and so on. And so what this means to us and what we've said in that report is that the solutions also need to be systemic also. So, you know, we know conservatively that the number of full-time artists in this country is around 2.3 million people. So there's many more people than that, even, that have a, a secondary job that are, are doing art at very high levels, but have a primary job in another field. So we're talking about millions and millions of people that are struggling to make ends meet often. You know, we've talked to a lot of artists who have won extremely prestigious fellowships, highly accomplished, and still struggle to to build a sustainable career. So, you know, if we're talking about what it takes to to build a sustainable art sector and a sustainable you know, system that can support artists, we obviously have to go beyond just thinking about how we tweak fellowship programs or how we, you know, increase a grant making portfolio from $1 million to $2 million. There's something else going on here. And so it got us looking at systems of, you know, systems and movements that are working on kind of these these bigger, more society level changes.
0: So one thing that comes up often in conversations around basic income is that there are often opportunities that are available to some members of the population but not everyone. For example in entrepreneurship there's this idea that oh everyone could go out and start a company but if you look closely you see oh actually the people who really have the opportunity often are those who have a trust fund or have a fairly well to do family that they know they can fall back on if if their venture doesn't work out. For art is, is there something similar? Are there sectors or communities out there that don't actually currently have an opportunity to, to even pursue the space? That's a really
1: great point. One of the things that we've found also in, in research is that there really is huge issues with equity in the art sector um, in terms of, you know, we know that the, the number of people um, you know, women make significantly less, for example, than men, and they're more likely to drop out of the workforce. This is just the same issue as what we see in society overall. We see that artists who come from families with less wealth are more likely to drop out of school and or the artist workforce. You know, art schools are among the most expensive schools in the country. So what you end up with, and, and you know, those track also along racial lines. So even more so, we see that that African American artists and Hispanic artists are ones that end up not continuing along the path. And so, you know, also with certain types of art practice. So you see that artists that are working in community settings, for example, or doing activist work in the criminal justice system. And those are not well-resourced areas in terms of, you know, you can't sell your work necessarily and there aren't collectors, things like that, but it's really essential work. So, and you know, we even see this in pop culture, the Oscar so white phenomenon and the lack of women directors. And you know, I think there's something like just a handful of women directors in the top 100 movies of 2016. I mean, it's, you know, you barely see representation of some of these groups. And so what this means is that we, you know, aside from just not giving people opportunities to pursue their Career path or pursue their their passion in life. We also have a culture at large that's being created by only certain people from certain perspectives, and it doesn't reflect or engage entire portions of our society. Whether that's you know the the full breadth of the African American experience, or maybe it's a very kind of general story, but it comes from a voice of somebody who grew up in a different kind of you know a low wealth household or something like that. And we know that the stories that are told in our society shape how we think about ourselves as a society. So, you know, I think that the implications you could kind of trace them and they're actually quite far ranging in terms of what they are for all of us, not just for the the individual practitioners. There are really well meaning and I think impactful efforts to address these things. One of the big places where there are very few people of color in particular is, is in art museum curators. And part of that is that it's you know it's it's again it's an economic thing. It's also a bit of a um, opportunity thing. But you know you have you have to really subsidize your, similar to entrepreneurship, you know, you have to subsidize your career path for quite a while. Uh-huh. And then there really isn't, you know, there's a few positions that pay really well and, and not a whole lot of other ones. So, you know, there are efforts to, to get people into the pipeline, to, you know, recruit people from different backgrounds, but, you know, we're going to end up, you know, maybe you succeed and you get five more curators of color, maybe you get 50, but are we really changing the overall structure and the system. I'm not sure we can do it with just an art-specific strategy.
0: Right. Hence the hence the need for the systemic change.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So it's a pretty common refrain that people talk about or have this idea of someone being inspired in their art because of their struggle, and I think particularly economic struggle. Is that something that would be at risk if we were guaranteeing more economic security? Would we be losing something from the space?
1: You know, I mean, I think that that's a myth, actually, that, you know, and and it's something that when we've done surveys and and reviews of artists' populations, that artists say that, you know, one of the things that hinders their work the most is fear and financial insecurity, whether it's a healthcare crisis that means that they can't create work or, you know, needing to work two jobs or losing a, a job and then not knowing where their paycheck is coming from or or working in the gig economy. I mean, you know, artists are 3.6 times more likely to be self-employed. So, they live kind of entrepreneurial and somewhat precarious existences and again and again they say that this is, you know, this is a hindrance to their creativity and their ability to create work. And what we see is actually when you have fellowship programs, like, you know, whether it's the MacArthur Fellowship Award or United States Artists is another big one that provides unrestricted income for artists for a period of time. Or you have residency programs like the Headlands for the Arts that provides artists with the space and time to just create without having to worry about their income. What you see is a flourishing of, of artistic capacity. Um, and, you know, and I think there's no doubt that, you know, artists can mine other types of experiences and probably still have, just like all of us, uh, challenges challenges. challenges in their everyday lives that they can pull from to spark their creativity. But the financial risk piece seems to be more of a hindrance.
0: It seems very analogous to this idea that actually, no, it doesn't make sense to motivate people by fear of starvation. You should motivate them by the things that are actually meaningful to them. Right,
1: exactly.
0: So as you started to present the idea of basic income and to talk to people in the art community about it, how have folks reacted? Is it generally positive? What, what, what have they had to say?
1: I think, you know, I, my my feeling about where the arts field is is that there's there's a small group but an increasingly vocal group of people that are coming to the conclusion that to truly improve conditions for artists, we need to improve conditions for everyone. And there's actually, a, as part of this research, we did a, a research blog, and there's a great article up there by a woman named Laura Zabel, who's the executive director of Springboard for the Arts. And she basically says that, you know, she's her analysis, it's a, it's one of the greatest support organizations for artists in, in the country. And basically, what she's come to is our systems, you know, our, our systems aren't just broken for artists, they're broken for everyone. So I think there is more... Interest in that, I wouldn't say it's mainstream within the artist community, and I think that there's still, um, you know, there's still a lot of people that that don't necessarily think about or buy what our analysis is at Helicon, which is essentially that our our system is broken. You know, our, our economic system is broken, and that we need to, it, it, you know, it's not just a matter of of how money is distributed, but you know, if we consider the purpose of our system to be serving human well-being and development in a sustainable way, we know that that's not happening. You know, even though GDP is increasing, people are less happy, wealth disparities are growing, we're destroying the earth and our ability to live on it. So we need a much bigger society-wide conversation about what makes life meaningful and prosperous, and then what are the systems and structures that can serve those goals that we have. So, You know, I think that that's still a challenging position for a lot of people, but I I actually wonder whether with the unfortunate outcome that we had in this political season that, you know, there might be an opening now to talk seriously about things that were fringe before, like, you know, crippling debt and inequality and solutions that are a little bit more radical.
0: Well, on that note, how do you feel like artists could or should be engaging around basic income. One of the things that at the Universal Income Project we've struggled with is when you first tell people, oh, we should just start giving everyone a monthly check, you tend to get bogged down in the policy details. People ask, how much will it cost? Will will people stop working? And so on. And they don't even get to the point of thinking about, how might this transform things? What are the potentially huge positive effects that might come out of guaranteeing that economic security across the board. And I know one thing that we've talked about is, are there more creative ways at starting people from the point of of imagining what a future might look like if we did have a basic income? So I'd be really curious to hear from you what role you think artists could play in in really shaping the conversation and and pushing the idea of basic income forward.
1: That's a great question. I think that one thing that artists can do and I, it doesn't even require artists doing anything um I think is is be an example that sort of counters one of the things you just said, which is that you know if you don't give people money, will they stop working or will they just be you know loafers and drug addicts? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I think that you know what we see with artists is that they you know it's this very deep intrinsic motivation to work and work and work at what they do, regardless of. And in some cases, you know, at the expense of remuneration, you know, there is artists will work the minimum amount of non-art related work possible so that they can spend the maximum time on their artwork. It's actually pretty impossible to raise the income of artists overall because (laughs) they, they will keep they'll get the minimum that they need and then they'll spend the time doing the thing that they think is most meaningful which is their work and i think that it really challenges the idea that people will be lazy if they're given some kind of basic income we can see that research you know shows that professional artists basically feel no or negative correlation between the effort that they put in and the earnings that they receive. So that's one. So I think we could just pull from that to show as a case study, but I think some researchers or some writers and analysts have already started to do that in the basic income community. But otherwise, I think, you know, joining existing movements, um, and that's part of what we're trying to do is make this case that artists have common cause With, um, you know, there will be more effective if if getting the things that artists need, if we join a bigger group of people rather than making a case for artists as special, you know, special beings, you know, they may have special skill sets, but they're they're human beings. And what we really need is a, a world that works better for everyone. So that's happening around debt. Some of the people that started rolling jubilee, which was the, you know, debt relief effort that was associated with Occupy. Some of those people were artists. We're seeing this in the sphere of land trusts, and artists are joining up with others in that space. So I think there's a, a way that artists can benefit by just joining existing and adding their manpower. But then I think in you know, the the more kind of nuanced and maybe more important thing is that artists can help do the visioning about what this world could look like. I think Mm -hmm. you're exactly right that we don't have, whether it's about, you know, we, when we think about our work is about sort of, we're in service to the future. So the future as a sustainable, equitable, and creative place for all is sort of who we're serving. So there's a role for artists in helping to envision what that actually could look like and how it, and, and maybe how it gets there, but maybe it's just about inspiring people to see that, oh, okay, yeah. This could be a different thing, you know, and I think um, we desperately need that now. You know, you see that I think some of the, the rhetoric from Trump in this election was giving people a vision, a good narrative and a vision of what the future could be that actually is the past. We didn't have a good we being, you know progressives and I'm making assumptions here, but <laughs> um, didn't have a, a good narrative to counter that about what the future could look like. And I think that we really need we need that. And, you know, we need a lot of them. We don't need one. We need we need many. And you know, and I think that artists aren't just messengers either. They're also creators. They create worlds, right? So, you know, they can create places, they work in places, they create community. So how could they actually apply their talents to even prototyping some of the, you know, at a small scale or a large scale, some of the, the possibilities that we could see, you know, and, which includes rethinking kind of what, what life is about and what makes a meaningful, meaningful life. So that's a few ideas. I are sure <laughs> many, many, many more things that artists could do.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm hopeful and excited to, to see what sort of future visions might come out soon. Thanks so much for chatting with me today, Alexis.
1: Yeah, it was great to talk with you.
0: This has been another episode of the Basic Income Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on iTunes. Also want to shout out our producer, Eric Davidson. Thanks so much for his hard work. And we will talk to you next week.